Whispers with Women podcast with Amanda Allen is a conversation about matters of the heart and matters of life, as seen through the eyes of the women of the world. I take the deepest dive into the hopes, dreams, fears and wisdoms of the mothers, sisters and daughters of Earth, exploring personal experiences to empower the feminine, raise the vibration of the collective and activate ripples of love and healing in a space of vulnerability and safety. I offer anonymity to those women who need to protect their privacy whilst being passionately called to speak their truth. I invite you to join us on this journey with an open heart and mind. And please share with your mothers and sisters as these podcasts may be the sparks from which the spirit and wild nature of women rise again. If you are struggling with pain and stress or looking for ways to raise your vibration, nourish your body, relieve pain and anxiety, improve sleep or enhance your sexual fire, then I passionately recommend Seven Unicorns range of natural, synergistic, intuitive medicines for mind, body, spirit and personal intimacy. The range includes pain, sleep, skin, aphrodisiac and superfood formulas. Created over the last 20 years by triple world champion and passionate health warrior Amanda Allen, backed by the science and wisdom of her accredited herbal wizard Mick Bedison. Seven Unicorns brings food as medicine and the power of intention together to enhance the frequency of self-healing and self-love. For the months of September and October, all purchasers will receive the gift of a jade crystal face roller. Please go to amandaallen.com.au, check out the shop for the full range and relish in the glory of these divine products. privilege and a pleasure to journey with Katie Clitheroe today. Katie is a mother of three. She's a wife and part bionic woman who heralds from New Zealand. She's the mouth behind Clean Eats from a Filthy Mouth. Her self-published cookbook released in December 2019. During our conversation, three words kept repeating in my mind, pain, passion and purpose. This is a woman who has become intimately familiar with all three. Katie's life has taken her through an eating disorder, exercise disorder, the suicide of her 25-year-old partner when she was young, two hip replacements in the last two years, living with chronic pain, IVF treatments that brought her first two children into the world. Her third was a miracle baby four years later. She navigates life in lockdown in Melbourne with a level of equanimity and open-hearted strength that is truly a testament to her resilience and positivity. Katie walks the talk. We talk date nights in lockdown, all things food, navigating pain, staying passionate and living on purpose no matter what life hells at you. I felt my vibe lift and lift and lift as we explored the terrain of Katie's fascinating life and views. It is with much love and appreciation that I welcome Katie to the podcast. Please excuse a couple of tiny technological glitches along the way. I think we did very well and stay tuned for a special offer at the end of the podcast. 
<laughs> I like that sound. <laughs> How are you? We did it. Oh my gosh, it's gone seamlessly so far. This is look, fantastic. Look at us go. Must be your energy because I my energy always messes technology up. <laughs> oh, well done. Thanks for bringing that. It's going well. Well, um, yeah, let's hope it, hope it lasts. Yeah, exactly. How are you? Yeah, good. Yeah, I've had a beautiful day here actually, so it's been nice to get outdoors, get some sunshine. I had a walk with a friend, so it's just been a really lovely day. Beautiful. It sounds normal almost. You make it sound like it's just another normal day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it kind of feels almost like that, but then, you know, you're out and about and we're walking along the beachfront and everyone's in masks and all that sort of thing. It's kind of that jarring reminder all the time, like, oh, you yeah, know, it's not quite normal. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, well, I, I, um, so just before we start, let me just, um, I, I'll just give you a little, a few um, ideas of where we'll go with the podcast and some concepts that I would like to chat about. Um, I did a podcast earlier, first uh, recorded one this morning with the most beautiful woman and, um, um, oh gosh, it was so uplifting and um, I'm so excited for tonight. And what we did to start with is I just... um, I'll, I'll barely introduce you, mm-hmm. but I, I would really love for you, like you did in your text to me, like just to share who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what I really want to do, we'll try and still keep that as an overview. Mm-hmm. And then I want to just ask you, um, like just to rank yourself out of 10 on a number of areas of your life. And then we'll kind of delve in. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so if we just keep that really as brief as we can to start with, um, you know, like, um, you know, that, 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 that sort of checklist that you offered me as a summary mm-hmm. and my God, like, <laughs> oh, oh, no wonder we're speaking. Um, so yeah, just, um, a quick, you know, and, um, you know, your age, children mm-hmm. that you're in Melbourne, that sort of stuff. And then, um, I just want to ask you out of 10, like, where your health is mm-hmm. now, like where out of 10 you feel your physical body is, where your emotional, what your emotional state, like your nutritional state, and then also um, what it would have been like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to give people an idea of where you're at, like it give, gets them thinking as well about these aspects of their life, which I feel like is, um, you know, it's planting seeds of, um, you know, a little bit of magic. Um, I think it's, um, and then they can see how far you've come and um, the work you've, you will have done, no doubt mm-hmm. at all, given your history. Um, so are you okay with that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, lovely. I, I knew you would be, but um, all right. So, um, so um, and I will also, I'll, I'll, I'll pre-edit, so I'll, I'll do a bit of an intro and depending on, you know, what we talk about as well, I'll just sort of yeah. summarise it and then we'll just cut straight into our conversation. Okay. Um, all right. Cool. Yeah, sure. Okay, so you're all settled and ready to roll. Yep. Um, uh, okay, Katie, I can't thank you enough for um, clearing your social schedule <laughs> to join <laughs> us from Melbourne, lockdown in Melbourne tonight. <laughs> um, I'm just, I'm so delighted. I know we don't know each other, but um, I think what are we, like one one person removed from one another and moved in similar circles for um, some time by the sounds of it with your background in CrossFit. Yeah, yeah. So thank you so much. I would really love to just jump right in and, uh, you know, like what I would like to say about what I know of you, what you've shared with me so far, these, these three words came through and it was pain 
and positivity and purpose. Mm-hmm. And it, it seems that you are you are walking, talking experience and wisdom in those three areas. And <laughs> and I'd love to um you know just explore explore your life and um and how life is in Melbourne <laughs> currently. Yeah. Yeah, that one, well, no. So, um, yeah, so I'm Katie. I am a wife and a mother of yeah. three. I have three children. Zara is, uh, she'll be seven at the end of this month. Um, Baxter just turned five and Phoebe is uh, 15 months old. So, yeah, we, we're originally from New Zealand, my husband and I. Uh, we came to Australia uh, when I was pregnant with Zara, so nearly seven years, what, seven years ago. And um, we had intended to go home to New Zealand, didn't pan out. And so, yeah, we, we now live in Melbourne and a very strange time here at the moment normally mm. I, I love this place but uh yeah it's a it's a very strange uh strange proposition at the moment but um so I'm also like the mouth behind uh my social handle is clean eats from a filthy mouth so I'm the I'm the mouth behind that which is kind of my thing that I can do outside mm-hmm. of being the wife and the mother and it's, it's something that's that's mean I get to have a bit of fun with that so it's, it's nice to have something that's separate um to all of that as well Mm, I imagine. Um, so what am I? I'm 40 years of age and uh yeah I guess you know, my life to date has been um you know pretty eventful in terms of there's been some pretty big catastrophic events um that have obviously shaped who I am you know at, at this point in my life and and will continue to change me as life goes on as well because there's always going to be you know life just doesn't stop you're never settled it's always there's always going to be things that change to make you grow <laughs> Yes, that is a guarantee, isn't it? Mm. Mm. And so tell me a little bit, if you would, like, because we will delve into all sorts of areas. And um, and I know your, your life has been um, quite a battery of uh, challenges and overcoming. Would you just give uh, the women listening some idea of, of that journey to get mm. you to today? So, I mean, I guess, yeah, the, the, some of the main things have been, as a, as a teenager, I, um, I struggled with an eating disorder. I was always a, a chubby kid. And then in my teens, I, um, yeah, I suffered from anorexia and bulimia for a number of years. Um, and that sort of, you know, that's something that you, I think anyone who's, who's experienced that will understand that it's not something you ever, you don't mm-hmm. just heal mm-hmm. from that and get on with it. It's always going to be part of your life. And then I think yeah. beyond that, it sort of, it then sort of manifested as, an exercise disorder so I was always you know like very very active but to to a very unhealthy point you know I was doing yep. things for my body that were not um not doing good things for it um mm. but I was I was hiding it behind the guise of being really fit and strong yep. and you know look at look at all the great things that I'm doing and it was like this badge of honor how how much I could thrash myself yep <laughs> um in my in my mid twenties, when I was twenty five, I was uh, living in Sydney with my partner at the time. We'd been together for nearly eight years, and um, he had suffered from depression for a number of years, on and off. And one morning, he took his own life. And I think at that point, you know, everything that I thought my life had gone was going to be, you know, because we had this this view of our future and my life together, mm-hmm. and and he was all sort of sewn into that, of course, and. So, you know, that was everything that I thought my life was going to be just sort of stopped at that point. And um, so there was a lot of getting over that, not just the the, the mourning process, but, you mm. know, I had to sort of, I had to mourn losing him. I had to mourn losing that life. And it mm. um, took a long time to get through that. I think I had to get to a point where I had to admit that I was actually really angry with him for taking it from me. 
because wow. um, it feels like you know you can't you can't say that about someone who's taken their own life. What a horrible thing to say! But I was angry in the end. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, it's understandable, and it, it's not spoken about. They're the sorts of things that you know they never see the light of day. But those feelings, they um, you know, they need to come out. Yeah, yeah, and and until you address them and and sort of confront it and verbalize it you, you can never get past it so um mm-hmm. you know that was a that was a big stepping stone for me and then you know that that so exercise thing that persisted for a very long time which meant that um after I met my husband and we got married and we wanted to have children I discovered I um wasn't fertile I hadn't had periods mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. oh you know eight to ten years and and so we had to go through the whole IVF what, what age were you then uh I was thirty. What was I, 30, 31, 32 when we started trying. Yeah. Mm. Um, IVF for our first um, two children. Mm. And um, then um, I was still very, you know, heavily into exercise after that. And um, my hip fell apart. <laughs> I was, you know, I went mm. from being this incredibly active person and all of a sudden, you know, then I, I couldn't walk and I, it took a long time to figure out what was going on. And all of a sudden I'm telling, being told at the age of 37 I needed a total hip replacement, which was a hell of a blow, mm. you know, to someone whose whole identity was sewn into being active and, you know, that was <laughs> who I was. And then, but it was, it was actually a blessing in disguise because I was forced to change my lifestyle and you know, I couldn't exercise to the extent that I had. So it gave me, my body a chance to heal. Um, mm-hmm. And um, so after I had the hip surgery, I got my period back. I was, you know, I got my fertility back and I had this extra surprise baby. So, wow. Yeah. Oh, what an incredible story. I love that. And it yeah. is so clear. Yeah. And, and so you said something about that self-esteem with uh, your body breaking down. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, my whole identity was about, it was so long, it was about, it was about being fit and strong and active. That was so much about who I was. Mm. And then when, when that's taken away from you, like you can't be that person anymore. Mm. You know, you have to sort of, I was forced to stop and go, okay, well, actually, who am I? And how important is all of that stuff? And, and you have to find other things to mm. fulfill you and to fill that void um, that's been left. Mm. Um, so, you know, there was, there was a, a lot of, it was a very difficult time for me to, to go through that and then to, to learn to be more gentle with myself and to <laughs> learn that it's, you know, like not exercising three hours a day is not the end of the world. You know, what? It's, you know, it's, it's, it's not catastrophic and, you know, it's, um, but it's sort of, I had to reevaluate a lot of how I'd perceived myself for so long. And what age was that? That was 37, 38 yeah. you had to yeah. reevaluate. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. So that was 37 when I, when my hip, when I found out about my hip. Um, and then I had to spend a year, it took a year because we had to change our health insurance because, you know, in your 30s you're not expecting to need joint replacements on your health mm. insurance. Mm-mm. So I had to wait a year for the surgery and I was in incredible pain for that year. So mm-hmm. that was, you know, my, my first ever understanding of um, – of chronic pain I mm-hmm. you know I'd, I'd heard the term before but I had no concept <laughs> of what it was and mm-hmm. and how mentally challenging it is <laughs> um so you know that that was part of that year as well was just um trying to navigate all of that oh my gosh I feel that you are speaking my story and <laughs> and, and sharing wisdom with just me personally right <laughs> now so your story is it must be so many women's story Ugh. Yeah, I mean, and look, I've shared a lot of this stuff, you know, through my social media, and I've had, 
so many people reach out to me and say, thank you for talking about this. Thank you for sharing. Because, mm. you know, we, when you're in that situation, it's it's so easy to feel isolated when you're going through anything. You feel like you're the mm. only person in the world going through that particular thing. So to just connect with one other person and go, that you, our experience is similar. I'm not alone in this. It's just so reassuring and mm. um, it, it can help you get through it. Mm-hmm absolutely oh my gosh so so true what beautiful beautiful wisdom <laughs> oh and um and your little and you published um your, your cookbook. My cookbook yes yeah. yes that's right yes yeah, so I published that that came out in December last year that was um so oh, I, really I stopped, yeah <laughs> it, it was a, a really fun project because I'd, I'd had my social media going for a number of years and I kept saying I wanted to do this cookbook and I was it was an idea that I could have kept picking up and putting down and mm-hmm. and I got to the point where I actually just got sick of myself and I was just mm-hmm. I just do the bloody thing mm-hmm. and um you know there was always you can always come up with reasons about why not to you know because in the end I was scared of failing <laughs> isn't that perfect <laughs> um and then you know I just decided to just bloody do it because you know and and my husband said, "I said, well, you know, I really want it to be successful. I'm, what, what if it's a failure? He was like, so what? So what if it is, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm, Big deal. Mm-hmm. You did it. You tried it. Mm. And I think, you know, that's something I sort of been quite conscious in my life. I don't want to be on my deathbed and and thinking I wish I'd done things. I don't want to have regret and, and think about the things mm-hmm. you could have done or tried. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes you just have to take that leap of faith and, like, do the thing, whatever mm-hmm. scary thing it is. And accept that you might fall flat on your face and that's got to be okay. (laughs) It's so true. It's powerful, simple wisdom. It's so true. Um, Let me ask you just a series of quick questions to give a snapshot because I love that is the most beautiful introduction to your life. (laughs) And we're going to delve into a lot of these different areas. It's just I just I already feel quite inspired and empowered. Thank you so much. So um, your health, your state of health now out of 10, what would you give yourself? Uh, Physically, I'd say I'm probably. Yeah, yeah, just overall. Mm. Overall? Overall. Yeah, probably maybe an eight. Eight? And yep. tw- 20 years ago? Oh, 20 years ago, I was yeah, a very different person. I mean, obviously, I was younger and you can, you can mm. take more, you're more physically resilient. But, mm. oh, probably more like a five, I'd say. Okay, five. And now your physical health currently or now, you know, in this time? Yeah. Um, physically, I feel good. You know, I, I, so I had my second hip replacement done um, uh, eight weeks ago. Mm. Um, and so I have had a really great recovery from that. And so having, I've sh- you know, cause I was in pain leading up to that. And mm. as soon as you're not in pain anymore, everything is so much better. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'd say I'm an eight or a nine physically at the moment. I feel fit. I feel strong. I feel good. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm mobile. I'm not hurting. Mm. Mm. Um, you know, I, I, I yeah, it's, it's a nice feeling. <laughs> so I guess for you say, 10 years ago and 20 years ago would be a quite different response. So say 20 years ago, what was your physical um, state then? I guess, you know, like physically, fitness-wise, I would have been like a, probably a 10 out of 10 because I was mm. doing lots of running and, and fitness, all sorts of training. Yeah. Yeah, fit, fit, yeah. but um, yes. health probably, you know, far less because I wasn't yeah. eating well. Yeah. I was yeah. punishing very my body. Very tight in, very tight yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so yeah. emotional um uh, state now out of 10 <laughs> right now I mean well I mean it's hard yeah. with the COVID layer yeah. isn't it <laughs> it is yeah I mean so it could be you know some days I could be a one and some days I could be an eight it's a 
Uh, it's a very, very fluid thing at the moment. Uh, but, um, oh, that's a brilliant way to rate now. I have never had anyone offer that before. That's gorgeous. <laughs> so say, um, um, so prior to, I guess, towards the end of last year, before all of this, yeah. um, as, a, as an alternative now rating, you know, yeah. before the world uh, turned uh, so strange. I think probably, yeah, before the world turned strange, I would have been, you know, a probably, you know, an eight or a nine. So I feel like I'd, I found a place where yeah. I was yeah. very comfortable with who I am as a person. Yeah. I have some beautiful friends. I have a beautiful family. I had my beautiful surprise baby. And I just felt really fulfilled and mm. at peace with so mm. much. I, I mm. put so much to bed. Mm. And creativity flows from that. And look at you publishing your yeah. cookbook, of course. Yeah, yeah, so, book, yeah. So 20 years ago, emotional health. Oh, yeah. No, not great. I mm. mean, but, you know, at 20 years old, I think you've got so much to learn about mm. um, about emotional health. And, you know, you, you're really mm-hmm. just discovering yourself and mm. um, so, so naive. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I think you're you're probably far more selfish and mm-hmm. self-centered and but at the same time you I don't know it's such an exciting time because you've got um so much potential you know <laughs> your whole life in front of you mm-hmm. so probably emotionally I was ah oh, I don't know six or seven back then but um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on on different levels of things as well mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. yeah I, I see I, I yeah once you start seeing all these different layers and levels it's it's actually quite hard to respond but I yeah. love your responses you that um what about your nutrition in that case so now your nutrition yeah I, I feel like my nutrition is good now it's probably a you know a nine or a ten because I feel like I I eat well to fuel my body I've found wow. a way of eating that um makes me feel good Mm. Um, I don't feel like I'm depriving myself. You know, I eat chocolate and I drink wine and everything fits into my life. You know, I don't mm-hmm. feel like there's anything that I'm, there's nothing that's off limits. Mm. I love that. It's, um, it's very intuitive and, and healthy and natural. Yeah. But it, you know, it takes a while to get to that space as mm. well, because, you know, we've, yes. and especially the, the world that we live in and as females in particular, we're forever told that we need to be restricting and dieting and cutting things out and, mm-hmm. you know, and, that that um it's very pervasive mm. um so you have to get away from all of that absolutely and that takes um i mean for me personally wisdom time experience yeah, uh, yeah. self-love growth personal growth it's mm, not simple mm. is it oh god no no it's you know that's <laughs> why i guess at, at, at 40 i'm only just starting to get into all of that because it takes a long time you have mm. to go through some stuff you know mm. to, to, to get to that point yep stuff it is so mm. 20 years ago I imagine it's a different story yeah I mean 20 years ago what was I doing I was finishing university and uh probably you know eating junk food in, in between eating too much uh, eating mm. junk food drinking too much and then you know starving myself in between starving times, and binging you know? yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not good yeah. by the sounds of it no <laughs> no very no. low out of 10 Pro- probably all the you know doing all that that low fat sort of because uh, that was what everyone was doing back then you know like <laughs> yeah yep yeah, yeah yeah quite a um so it would have been quite low and I mean it's easy to and we'll, we'll chase this but it's easy to track um the threads of those hip replacements right and the yeah. infertility Oh, absolutely. Uh, They're yeah. so, so closely woven together. Mm. So uh, your mental state now? I mean, 
even with the COVID situation, mm. you know, and living in lockdown and all the rest of it, I'm still, in general, you mm. know, pretty happy, pretty. Um, I, I'm a. I tend to be a positive person, you know. I try mm. to sort of see the best in life. Um, so you know, I'd probably say I'm a seven or eight at the moment. You know, I'm. I've got so much in my life to be happy and to be grateful with. Wow. Um, so it, it, even with you know everything else going on, um, obviously there's down days and there's up days, but yeah. Um, and it helps that I've just had this beautiful day today out in the sunshine. You know, I, I went out walking with a friend, so I've had that sort of connection, mm. and you know, we had family time out, and mm. so you know, it helps that it's been a, a lovely day all in all. So yeah, but um, I'm feeling pretty good emotionally. Wow. That's amazing. Honestly, that's um, what what an incredible thing to be able to say. I think in life, like period, let alone in the middle of this um, thing that is COVID and the lockdown in Melbourne. So, um, yeah, it is a, a testament to your positivity um, and you know that authentic positivity that lives inside of you. <laughs> you know, it's a it's a bright light. You know, you do show the way by holding that that energy. It's beautiful. Um, and so, twenty years ago what would that mental state have been? Um, you know, I think I probably, I, I, I remember I, I was happy, um, <laughs> but probably blissfully unaware as well of a lot of wow. things, you know. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yep, yep at yep. 20 years of age, you're just yep. Um, yep. doing your thing, you know, and I, I think I, I had a lot to look forward to then. Mm. Um, so I, I don't think I, well, you know, there was, probably parts of being unfulfilled like you know having to always feel like you're chasing a different sort of body and all that sort of thing that I had mm. going on but mm. you know I I had my boyfriend who I'd been with for a while and I was finishing university and so there's a lot of a lot opening up back then that I was excited about and looking forward to I think mm. yeah 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 and it's almost as though from what you said when your partner um, took his life mm. that that was fairly catastrophic mm. um mm. And probably catapulted you into, you know, all of those sort of trauma-related PTSDs and guilt, and then that would have led to the infertility, with without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, that was the, healing from that was a long process. I did some really, I made some really stupid decisions. I got into, you know, a relationship far too fast, and had some, mm-hmm. you know, some just just did some really dumb shit mm-hmm. that um, I think people around were kind of to heal. yeah, yeah. <laughs> people around me who cared about me were sort of questioning in it, but they didn't want to say, Hey, um, are you really, do you really think this is the right thing? And, mm. um, I think, yeah, I just had to work my way through a lot of that stuff, but, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of guilt that goes along with it. Um, mm. you know, because obviously I was the one there living with them and, and if I didn't do something, then surely it was on me. Mm. Um, you know, and I was the one that knew he'd been on and off with this depression for years mm. and, um, his family didn't know the extent of it because he was a very proud mm. person. He didn't want them to know mm. about it. He was, mm. you know, it was mm. private. He was a male. Males don't talk about their mm. feelings like that. You know, came mm. from a, a farming family, a farming community. So there's that sort of um, quite stoic mm. mentality. So I, mm. I, but when you're the person supporting that person, that's mm. quite a big load and, and mm. you feel like you have to carry it alone. Um mm. That's very difficult as well um, to to not be able to talk to other people and say I'm trying to help someone, but I, I've got I've got to do this on my own. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's the, how beautifully you put that. And, um, you know, there's just so many layers of complexities and things mm. we don't speak of and, you know, the guilts and the shames and, uh, you know, there will be uh, quite a lot of, uh, I know that the suicide rates are going through the roof currently, Yeah. Um, you know, with the current state of um, each state in Australia and in the world. Mm. Um, so, you know, even, even what you've just shared there is, um, you know, without a doubt, you know, it just sheds some light in some very dark places and, and, you know, what that does for people, it, it provides hope and, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, it, it, it's, a, it's, depression is such a vicious, vicious illness. Mm. Um, and you know, I think in, in the last of 10, 20 years, it, we've come, we've made huge strides, you know as a society to accepting it and talking about it and, and making people more aware of it. Um, but even with all of that, it is, it is so vicious. I mean, I've been so, so sad so many times in my life, you know, like such deep aching pain, but never once have I thought that, you know, that, that taking my life was a viable option. So I can only imagine what mm-hmm. it must feel like that for someone to think that's the only out, the mm-hmm. only option that they have. Mm. And, you know, not, not another human is responsible for that. And there is nobody who can gauge the, the, the depth and extent of, of someone's inner landscape, their emotional landscape. Mm. And, you mm. know, it's, it's um, yeah. Yeah, so nobody else is responsible. And, you know, I think sometimes it's almost a case of mistaken identity when you take your own life that you you haven't had the opportunity to truly know the beauty inside of yourself, you know, mm, so, mm. You, yeah, yeah. Um, and what about, the? I mean, the balance in your life now? Um, I feel like, again, sort of talking about normal circumstances when mm, I'm not homeschooling mm, and you know, mm. losing my mind over that, it's pretty good, you know, like I, I am, you know, like I said, I'm a wife, I'm a mother, um, and, and those things are, they don't always they're not always conducive to one another you know by the time I've been like sort of my my kids are young so it's a pretty one-way street with them they take that's what they do because they're young and (laughs) so by the time I've kind of feel a little bit drained by doing and giving to them all day Mm -hmm. um you know by the time my husband gets home I'm not really often in the mood to be an attentive partner or you know or want intimacy because I've been touched all day by other people and I've been like sort of talked at by them all day and, and sometimes I just need to shut the fuck up at the end of the day yeah, and so, drained drain dry surely yeah you know I've been, I've been touched and talked to and and so it, it, sometimes you have to kind of make a um oh I find I have to make a uh, a conscious effort to go okay I need to pay my husband some attention as well and but you know you've, I've got to pay myself some attention too I've got to so you know I, I have to carve time out in the day because I need time for me. So that for me, that means getting up early to do my exercise early in the morning because I, I can do it in peace and quiet and it's guaranteed time. But, it, you know, it's not just doing it for me. It makes me a better person for them to do that. Um, you know, it's so you, I think I have to sort of guard <laughs> that is, quite jealously. <laughs> oh, my Lord, it is the most remarkable achievement on the face of this earth is to be a wife and a mother um in this day and age I'm, I'm sure in any day and age um but to achieve what you've just described and to etch out the space for every everything to mm. to establish some crazy version of balance in your life I, I, it's a testament really to 
Well, I think uh, it also helps, but I, I also, you know, I have this, my, my little side projects, like, you know, the cookbook and, and my social media, you know, that sort of thing that my little business that is just mine. It's not about them. It's mine. And that's my outlet. And I get to sort of do that for myself. And I think, you know, you need to, to have a, to have a purpose. Um, as we've sort of already talked about, I find I need a purpose in life. I need to be doing something that I feel like I can see some tangible results from mm. um, and something that I have ownership over. And, and for me, you know, that, I mean, while that's, that doing that adds some work to my life, mm. it also adds balance because it's something that's mine. <laughs> it's ironic, isn't it? It's, it's a paradox. <laughs> mm. Mm. Yeah. And there you are navigating it in the middle of COVID. Uh, and, so, <laughs> and so how, so what, what layer has COVID added to that? scenario that you've just described because that's a finely oiled carefully you know exquisitely tuned machine to my yeah. ears yeah how do you uh how do you you've recalibrated and navigate your way through this COVID situation yeah. lockdown I guess COVID has been difficult because it's um yeah it changes things you know, I'm homeschooling one child I um have so it, you know I've, I've got three kids who need my attention during the day when I'm when I'm homeschooling there's inevitably going to be two others that are disappointed because I'm not giving them attention or I'm I feel like I'm shushing and pushing them aside and and so I think um you know there's been a lot of guilt sort of associated with uh, feeling like I'm just doing a bad job of everything some days you know I don't Mm -hmm. feel like I'm being a good wife or a good mother and I know I'm not a good teacher I don't want to be a teacher and you know Mm -hmm. I can get to the end of of, uh, there's been a lot of days where I just feel like I'm just I just want to get through the day I just want to get to the end of the day so that's that one done um, so it's trying yeah. to, you know, like very also, task. yeah, mm-hmm. just to, to find some space in that and co and, and accept that, okay, these are strange fucking bizarre times. Um, mm-hmm. and you have to kind of be a bit gentle. I have to be gentle with myself. I have to forgive myself at the end of the day for all the things, you know, when I've shouted at the kids or I've done things wrong, or I feel like I haven't done anything good, you know, mm-hmm. I have to go, okay, you know what? That's fine. Just let it go. You're doing your best. And sometimes mm-hmm. that's all you can do. It's all you can ever do. <laughs> and to give yourself the credit for that, 100%. Yeah. yeah. So in terms of, well, I guess in uh, the, the relationship then, how ha- has that, I mean, you sound very stable and very um, clear with your communication. So the, the added layer of COVID, how mm. have you both navigated that, um, your, your husband and yourself? Um, we both pretty open people so you know we talk um we don't we don't we don't fight very much we're probably more talk you know I mean everyone has crosswords especially um you know when when there's added stresses like COVID and and especially the first lockdown because it was so everything was so unknown we didn't know Mm. where we're gonna what what the impact was going to be financially Mm. um you know we didn't know how long things were going to go for so there was a lot of stress then but we we're pretty good at communicating I think um we're both pretty open like that and and not scared to have a tough conversation if we need to I think Mm. um and it's just about we sort of have always talked about having mutual respect um for one another and you have to remember that sometimes when things are stressful and you're getting snappy at one another you still have to Mm. be respectful Mm. um and obviously you know there's moments where that all goes out the window but it's it's trying to sort of bring it back to that um and to yeah to to recognize that um yes I'm stressed out because I'm at home with the kids all day and I get envious that my husband gets to go to work and go and talk to other adults and do something useful with his day but 
you know, he also has a lot of stress on his shoulders because he's the one who's financially responsible for this family. Mm. So, you know, that, that's a lot to, to carry for him as well. So it's, it's trying to sort of remember that we've both got these very different aggravating factors and to, to, be, to be respectful of that and try and, you know, mitigate it where you can. Wow. And do you, um, do you find that any of your friends um, are struggling in the areas that you're navigating? To me, you seem very, very well. Like I, I, I'm sure, as you say, some days are a one, some days are an, are an eight. But mm. that, do you have a close circle of friends um, that have varying experiences of that? Um, yeah, I do. I've got some, some close girlfriends here and I think we're, we're good at sort of um, talking to each other quite regularly and, you know, if someone's having a bit of a flat day, you know, you try and sort of perk each other up a little bit or, or just to acknowledge that, yep, it's a shit day and, you know, you, it doesn't have to, you don't have to make it better. It's just a rubbish day and that's okay. Um, so it's just trying to be supportive of one another and, you know, we meet up for, you know, you can meet one person for a walk. So it's about trying to make sure you carve those times out in the week as well and book them in and go, okay, so we, we're going to walk. It's not necessarily for the exercise. It's to spend that time together and have time to chat. Mm. Um and just vent, you know. No kidding. No kidding. And that human, just human contact with other yeah. adults. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. And that the power of women talking to women. It's um you know, it's just one way to um bring each other to like I think we're tuning forks, you know, we really bring each other's vibration up when we yeah. need when we need that support. Oh, absolutely. And you just you cannot I I cannot put the value on you know just good girlfriends um they just you know I, I couldn't do life without them no not at all what um what uh are you so how are you coping in terms of training in your lockdown situation <laughs> uh so I've got a we've got a, a little garden shed out the back that's been converted into a bit of a gym mm. so I've got a little set up out there so you know, I get up early and I do my exercise. And so when I'm out um, in the shed, I'm at the gym. So, you know, I don't, if, if the kids are crying, if they need anything, that, that it's not on my radar because effectively, you know, it's it's like I've, I've driven the one kilometre to the gym where I would normally. Mm. Um, so I don't, unless there's an emergency, I'm there. And and when I yeah. finish at the gym and come inside, then I'm mum again. But, um, you yeah. know, that's, yeah. I'm, I've got a nice little setup out there, so I've yeah I've got plenty to to keep me fit and busy, um you know, and I go out for walks and that sort of thing. But um, yeah, it's just it's good to have that dedicated space as well, away from all the domestic stuff. It it's it's crazy because it's like um it's like li- literally it's military precision to get through the life that you're describing, and it's um I know you're not alone. I'm just um. You know, again, I'm I'm in awe of of what women do. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, with a, yeah. it's you know it, it it is eking out. Like, what would you have to yourself in a day? Like, truly, purely your own time. Uh, probably that time from you know five a.m. to seven a.m. is mine. Um, mm. Probably, and then you know, and because I get up early, I tend to go to bed relatively early as well. So maybe that time, of, like when I come to bed and read my book or something for half an hour to an hour at the end of the day. But that's you know, there's not much time in between that that is my own because you know I've got these three small people around, mm. um, and so there's always something that has to be happening. You know, like and, and as you say, women are multitaskers. You know, I'm 
I'm listening to a podcast while I'm cleaning the toilets or I'm, you know, I'm doing homeschooling mm-hmm. while I'm folding the washing on the dining mm-hmm. table and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm cooking dinner with a baby on my hip because she wants to be held. And um, mm-hmm. there's always, nothing happens in isolation. <laughs> you know, you're always no. doing three things at a time. No, exactly. And I mean, what, this is the thing is, um, and your positivity, like, so for people, women who aren't, because like I hear you and I'm just, I'm floored by your capacities, by your dedication, your positivity, your discipline, your, you know, everything that you've put in your life, you, you literally make it sound, even though you say I have my number one days, um, you make it sound like I, I, like seamless chaos do you know what I mean <laughs> it's, yeah, it's certainly like chaos. what the fuck is going I'm still trying to work it out like are you still trying to work it out like I think I'm I'm how... a creature of habit and routine so you know I, I mm. so I, I kind of I have that, that structure um that um that helps me my day run smoothly because I, I like habit and I like routine and and so that means you know I know I like to know what's coming up um mm. and so but also that that can you know, work against me because you know when when you, you can't <laughs> control life you know you can't control what there's always going to be the unknown and the unseen and and so you have to be able to kind of roll with the punches as well um and not and, and sometimes you're just going to let your whole habit and routine go out the window and go okay well this is what we're dealing with so we're just going to have to sort of pivot and quote with it. <laughs> anyway. I love it. I can see you pivoting now. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so true, though, isn't it? I mean, and that's the thing. Like that, that is life. There, there is no, no certainty. We we do live in an unknown, unknown life. We always have, mm, and mm. Um, that capacity to adapt and and pivot and and to restructure like immediately. It's it's you know it's like in the matrix almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, that you are responding and you are you are choosing to thrive and you're putting things in order to allow you to do that and you're doing it in what sounds like an incredibly um supportive and you know powerfully strong communication environment in your home Mm, mm. um and that's a testament to to you um how do your children manage with all of this are they i can only imagine they have that similar um those similar capacities and and character traits of yourself they have surprised me with how adaptable and resilient and <laughs> it doesn't sound I know where they got it you know they I know where they got it you can only imagine well. like at that that their age all of a sudden you say you're not going to school anymore you're not going to kindy anymore we're doing homeschooling no you can't go to the <gasps> playground you can't see your friends no 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 and they kind of go oh okay, okay. and, and wow. they get on with it and you know there's been <laughs> sort of and they, they ask questions every now and again and go oh when can we have play dates again and when can we, and, and but then they say oh we can't do that because of the virus you know and they just it's it's Children are incredible, you know, <laughs> and and they're so they just they just get on with it, um, you know. And uh, there's so much we could learn from them, you know. Like when I have arguments with my kids, like I, I I bristle for ages and I hold a grudge and I'm still angry, and and they kind of go, all right, we've had a fight, and, and then they 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 want to hug three seconds later, they're over it. They've, you know, they've, mm. I've got you know, I need to take a bit of that on board sometimes. Oh my god, we all do, we all do. <laughs> Honestly, I, I look at my dogs; they're the same. They don't hold a grudge for a second. No, it's um, all in the moment. Exactly, so in the moment. That's how kids live, and um, you know, I think we probably, as adults, we could probably take a lesson from that to just be more in that moment sometimes. 
Oh, yeah, we can all take that lesson without a doubt. I think, you know, we just lose that spontaneity, don't we, as we yeah, as we yeah. age. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, take on more responsibilities. Yeah, and, and I guess that's the thing, you know, as I was saying, with liking structure and routine and all that sort of thing, you have to be able to be flexible in it, though, because otherwise if you, if you can't flex, then it just becomes even more stressful if something's not going right, it's not going your way, or it's not going according to the schedule. Yeah. So it's it's yeah, I always think of it as being very brittle and mm. brittle things break because mm. you're you're fixed. We must flow. I think that is um you know, that's one of the the, the things of being female is that, that we do, we flow mm. Mm. and grow we grow, we create, we flow, you must. Mm. Mm. So has um so this is a strange one given the context of life at the moment, but in terms of COVID mm. Like what aspects of your life have improved from you know the, this? Yeah, um, the, the the pace of life and the the busyness. So you know, my kids um, when when all this hit were um, four and um, six, and we had you know all these like extracurricular and and, and after school and weekend activities, and and obviously they all stopped, and um, mm. it's made me realise that at four and six, they don't need fucking tennis lessons. They don't need to be doing no. all of that stuff, you know, like they no. just, they, that need love. They, they need love. They need time to play, you know, like, so on mm. a Saturday morning, instead of like hauling everyone down to tennis lessons, we can do something active together as a family. We can go for a scooter ride and a walk, or we can go for a bike ride. Or we can go to the park or, you know, just, um, uncluttering life a little bit especially for for the age of my kids you know they don't need all of that stuff at the moment and and I was the one sort of um behind I was the one driving it and I was the one getting stressed about yeah. like I've got to pick this one up from school and I've got to drop her up from kindy and I've got to get him there I've got to get home get some dinner ready I've got to get home pick the other one up from gymnastics I've got to get home get them fed get them through the bath get them to bed you know and it was my stress it was creating stress for me the kids didn't really give a shit um, I'm, I'm stressed hearing yeah. it, you know. It's like, how do you maintain that momentum? Well, I mean, intensity. So, having all of that removed has been a good lesson that we, we don't need to bring all of that back, you know. Um, I, I just want to keep mm. a, a sort of a, a simpler life and a, an easier pace of life once we go back. School and kindy and playing with their friends is enough. Wow. Wow. And do you find that your friends feel similarly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've all sort of had the same conversation about how, you know, you you kind of get sucked into over-scheduling your children and and feeling like you Mm -hmm. you want to give them the best and you want to to have them, you know, give them everything they can. And and, But at at the moment, they just want to be kids. You know, there's, there's, there's plenty of time for music lessons and sports lessons and all that sort of stuff. Um, I just think right now we just need to let them just be kids. Wow. Imagine that, right, <laughs> in this day and age. What a strange gift to come from, um, you know, some very challenging times. But isn't that always the way? Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. Isn't, isn't that always, like, the worst, the greatest gifts come in the worst wrappers? I, yeah, this is it. I mean, this is, you know, like I was saying with my um, – when I had my first hip surgery and then I got my fertility back and then I had this baby that I never expected to have, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, mm. and it all became because, you know, it came from such a horrible circumstance, um, but I wouldn't change it, you know, and, and at the same time having to go through IVF for the first two children, if we hadn't done IVF, mm. I wouldn't have those two exact children and I, you know, I, I wouldn't want any other children. That They're my beautiful. Mm. And so you get good things that are so closely intertwined with the bad. 
Mm-hmm. Isn't it? I, I can't. I've never been able to separate them. And I, I've had to just make peace with it. And I think we all make peace with it differently. Yeah, yeah. I think, but also it's about, you know, you have to look for the lessons in life and, and to find the good things that come out of the darkness. Um, mm. you, and sometimes you have to make conscious effort to, to do that as well, because otherwise mm-hmm. you can get dragged down by things. A hundred percent. I love that. That's beautiful. I want to write that down. <laughs> it is. It's just, oh, it's just wisdom pouring. Um, and so to me, I look and I think this is a woman who has learned how to uh, take, yeah, take that darkness, take pain and tr- and transmute it, right, transform it, mm. like into sunshine, seriously. It's like I, this, this is the medicine, like this is the secret that this conversation is sharing right now. You, you realise that, don't you? That, that's your gift <laughs> is your, your actual, the way you live your life. It, it really is like... And you thought you take it utterly in your stride, you know. It's um. Can we bottle it? And uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, oh, it's, it's a process, it's... though, isn't it? You know, you have to you have to go through things, and there is always there is always the grieving and the wallowing and the acknowledgement of all of that before you can get through it and get past it. So you have to. I think you have to let yourself go through all those steps. Mm, mourn. Yeah, yeah. Did you through um all of the stuff? Did you seek uh, uh, counselling, like any kind of support for your mental health with, uh, with your partner suiciding, with your eating disorders? Um, I, never, I never sought any help with my eating disorder because I wasn't willing to admit to it, you know, and I wasn't because mm-hmm. if, if I admitted to it, then I would have to do something about it and I never wanted to let it go because, you know, I, I didn't want to let go of that control. Yeah. Um, no. So that was something that sort of just, just slowly, slowly, slowly I've chipped away at it and, and you know, made my own resolutions with it. Um, I did have some counselling, um, yeah, after after my partner took his life. And um, it, it also, you know, with, with counselling, you've got to find someone you connect with. I remember going to see one counsellor mm. and I did not like her and I sat there and I wouldn't say anything for an hour. Mm. And what was the point of that? <laughs> I was just being oh my Lord. cutting off my yeah. nose to spite my face. But then I found, um, yeah, someone else who I, I just felt I could really connect with and talk to very honestly. And and um, so I managed to sort of unwind a lot of stuff through that, which was good. And, and I think counselling is amazing. Um, you know, yes, I agree. How did, how did you find someone that was good? How, how did that come about? Because I, I think that's a, that's a huge challenge. I think that was luck more than anything. You know, I, <laughs> Thank you, luck. Yeah, um, you know, I, 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 met, I met, I tried a couple of people and it just didn't feel like the right sort of mm. environment mm. To, to be mm. safe in. Um, mm, very true. And so, you know, I, I think if, if anyone is going to seek counselling, then great, do it. But find someone who, who you can just feel like you can really be fully open with because the point of counselling is to open up and to talk about things, right? And if you if you don't feel like you can do that, then you're not going to get the results that you need out of it. And that might mean you have to you have to meet six different people before you find the right person to talk to. Mm, mm, it's so true. You know, I've been thinking about how my life, my history has prepared me for right now in this at this time on earth Mm. and I've just as we've chatted I was also pondering for you what do you think all of the things you've been through this lifetime um, have offered you as if you needed a palette (laughs) to now navigate 
from 2020 onward what do you think has been given to you from your past oh yeah I mean I think it's it's that ability to be you know resilience um Mm. persistence and determination you know to to know that um if something's tough it's not the end there was this, this phrase um I really liked you know um Everything will be all right in the end. If it's not all right, it's not the end. It's not the end. I love that. Um, it's so true. That has really stuck with me for a long time that, you know, you just, sometimes you just have to keep going and um, it's going to be hard and it's going to be ugly and it's going to hurt and, you know, and things are not always going to go in the direction you thought they were going to, but you have to be able to deal with that. And, and as we were talking about, you know, to be flexible and, and adaptable and, and resilient. Um, mm. And... Um, I think being open to to giving and receiving love, um, mm. you know, from from all sorts of sources, from from you know your your romantic partners and, um, but mm. also friends, you know, family, people who want to do things for you. If someone wants to do something mm. to help you, that it's, by by accepting that help, you're doing something for you as well as for them. You know, it, it's mm. people. Wow. <laughs> Oh, God, you've got to hear that one, don't you? It's giving and receiving yeah, love. Yeah. And, and, and in receiving, you are actually giving yeah. the gift yeah. of allowing someone to give. Mm. And, you know, that makes for really wonderful, deep connections and relationships as well. But to know that mm. um, someone cares deeply enough to want to do something for you. And why would you reject that? Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, it truly is. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's about sort of being able to accept that life is, you know, you, you can only control the things that you can control. You have to focus on those things, your energy and attention on the things that, that are actually within your control because there's so much that's not. And you mm. can't waste stress and energy on that sort of stuff. Um, you just have to deal with what you can. Mm. Hundred percent, and again, that's always been the case, but never more so than now. I guess. Um, what what are your what are your fears about the current situation for whatever? I guess you hold strongest in your heart, whether it's for your family or for humanity. I'm not sure. Like, um, what do you what do you fear? And then I, I guess I I do want to follow up with what what's your greatest vision for what comes after all of this? Yeah. Um. I guess I fear. I've spent a long time in the last well, in the last few months. I've been feel like I've been waiting to get normal life back. You know, like I miss my life. Mm. I miss my social outings with my friends. I just I I was really happy with everything in my life, and I miss all of that. Mm-hmm. And it's only just dawned on me just recently um, that we may never get that back, and we're going to have to find mm. like a new normal life. And it's just sort of mm. figuring out what that is. And of course there'll be there'll be it'll be wonderful and there'll be so much goodness in it. But it's just accepting that it's going to be different. Um, you know, mm. like when you when you were at a place where everything felt good and you were happy and, and then to go, mm. okay, so it's gonna look different and we have to figure that out and work with work out mm. what, what, what the good bits are gonna be. Mm. You know? Um mm. Yeah, I think So true. And 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 yeah, it's so true. And you, I think you were touching on it that that grief. Mm, mm. I think there's a level of of, of exhaustion in waiting. Yes, yes. Uh, and then that grief when you start to, and I think we're just beginning to digest this very difficult 
thing um, that things are going to be different and, and there, there will be a new normal. Yeah. And yeah. nobody has, um, again, like you said, not control over, um, you have no control over the uncontrollable, which is everything yeah. pretty much outside <laughs> of your skin and your home. Yeah, um, yeah and, mm. it, and it's sort of, there's been a lot of feeling like, yeah, as you say, that this year has been so much waiting and I kind of, I look back and I think nothing, is, this has been such a nothing year. You know, it's just been, yeah wasted waiting but I mean it's not been wasted there's been plenty of good that's come you know um in life as well but it just feels like we've been waiting 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 for it to be over and who knows when it will be over you know Mm, that's right and that that's I think this is this is the place we all have to learn to live like we don't know we don't know anything and it's quite you know that's an ominous feeling to hold and then get on with life but what other choice yeah exactly is there yeah, it, it's sort of it's it's so surreal and it, it's a, it's an oppressive kind of feeling. Um, mm. But you have to go. Okay, well, where am I going to find the good in this? And what's going to make me happy in this? And and how can I, you know, make find joy? Because <laughs> you need joy. Mm. Mm. And how do you how do you find that? Um, I think again, it's you know, like it's little things like um catching up with my friends okay so we, we can't have mm. our our friday drinks or whatever but we try and make a time to do a facetime together every friday and mm. and just to mm. really have those moments of laughing and not talking about this particular situation and just connecting with one another and you know and just with the kids um most recently because i've been feeling sort of pent up and like i'm not doing a great job of being <laughs> present with them and you know that <laughs> realizing that you can do such little little things that will make them happy like lying on the trampoline with them in the sunshine that that makes them happy or you know playing a game with them it's just so simple and it's so easy to push all that side and go I don't have time for that right now but to actually go you know what I've got time time is what I've got at the moment <laughs> mm. um and finding wow. finding those things to and and yeah just I, I just this week I was lying in the, in the sun with the kids and I just had this moment of feeling like this is actually really lovely and really peaceful what am I rushing mm. to do? Mm. Oh my gosh, it's so true. It's so true that I think that is the the gift, the hundred percent center of the wheel. That is the gift of this time, is is realizing that having everything removed was so much taken from our lives. Mm. What we've been left with is this time, and we have an opportunity to literally savor that peace mm. and. Like com- commune with our families, commune with ourselves, commune with nature. Yeah, yeah, and it's just having that moment of stillness, and and mm. you don't get the opportunity to do that in real life. <laughs> you know? Well, that unreal life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, mm. it's so true that stillness, and um, oh, what an opportunity! Yeah. What a strange strange opportunity yeah it is I mean it is we've, we've been given the opportunity to stop um mm. and yeah but at, at the same time I've had enough stopping now and I'd like to you know <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much I'd just like to, so, to get back to things <laughs> I, you haven't stopped for a second you know just so you know um but it's isn't it funny it's all very paradoxical and ironic so what is your best vision for the future what is your best vision for the way uh, potentially our lives shift 
what's how do you see what are the major changes what are the major positive changes what do you see I really hope that um we can be more appreciative of being close and um connecting with people because you know when you're when you can't you have to social distance from someone so you, you I can't hug my friends and I'm a hugger um <laughs> we, we have to wear masks you can't see each other's faces and so it puts up all these barriers and um you know I think we, we sort of take all that stuff for granted so I hope once we can hug people again and we can see each other's faces we can just go this is so bloody beautiful and it's so nice and mm. do more of that you know Mm, and get a free a free hugs t yeah yeah I mean so, and, and to appreciate how wonderful that is and how for like how restorative that sort of connection is um mm. and you know to, to really make a conscious effort to to do more of that and, and enjoy it 100 mm, percent conscious effort mm. that's it it is it is the choices and the actions uh we have to put them together mm. And, you know, I think, um, I don't know, again, I think a lot of people that I've spoken to will sort of uh, want to rank, maintain a sort of a more simple life, you know, less, mm. less over-scheduling and rushing places and just enjoying a slower pace of things. Um, and it's, it's easy to say that now, but I can see sort of mm. life creeping back in. So I hope that, um, I hope that we can maintain that. Mm. So do you see, I mean, this is the thing, it's like what, what will change? Will we, uh, will we see a school system change? Will we see people growing vegetables in their back garden? Do you know, what do we, will we, will we see people move to uh, out of the cities? Like what do, you, yeah. what do you think? Like do you think things will shift dramatically or, or subtly? Oh, I think there will be subtle changes. You know, like you know, yeah, people will be, growing vegetable gardens and herb gardens in the back because that's what we'd ha we've had time to do and we realise that's a really lovely thing to do. Um, mm. I know some people will sort of um, want to move to a, you know, out of the city and into a, um, an environment that's sort of slower all around, you know, and that mm. you can connect with mm. more. But I, I, I think they will be subtle changes. I don't think we're going to see everyone pack up and leave and, and that sort of thing. <laughs> but even those subtle changes are nice, you know, to, to be growing your own vegetables because there's, there's a meditative meditative aspect mm. to that you know like to to mm. go in and, and cutting some herbs for dinner and and tending the plants and just walking around watering mm. the garden all of those little things that we haven't had time to do mm. you know you're, you're forced to into that meditative state by doing those things <laughs> forced yeah i love it <laughs> into into joy into a space of meditative just joy yeah. that's gorgeous yeah. isn't it isn't i mean that's exactly this is the message right is it you know, it's a paradox, but we've got to step in and make the best of the, this situation always, in always. Oh, yeah, that's it. Throughout life, you, you just have to find the best in every strange situation because, you know, nothing is going to be perfect. No. Well, it hasn't been yet, right? No. I, I mean, <laughs> no. Speaking for myself, obviously your life has been. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, my Lord. Um, but, yeah, no, I think, you know, I'd, I'd like to see people sort of maintain a little bit more of that simplicity and um you know it, it removes a bit of stress from life I mean I think we'll probably see a lot more people working from home um on a an ongoing basis or at least um splitting their time between home and office um because we've proven that we can do that and that mm. it works because um 
and I think for a lot of people, for, for the people who that works for, you know, they'll, they'll probably maintain that. Not everyone wants to do that. Some people want to go to work and be at work, and I understand that as well. Mm. Um, but, you know, there might be a little bit more of that sort of balance going on, I think. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Mm. I agree. And I, I think that nature is um, rejuvenating herself while we all sit at home and our our lives have changed for our ability to, to drive and commute. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, that there are all those photos of the cities around the world with all the smog clearing and, you know, oh. the, the nature regenerating because people were staying home and they weren't driving places. Oh. And it's incredible. It is. Do you notice it when you go for a walk? Do you literally feel the birds chirping louder? What What do you experience? Yeah, I mean, the air is certainly clearer because, you know, you don't have all mm. the traffic pollution. And, mm. and, yeah, you notice when you go out um, – like, you know, we take the kids out riding uh, for a bike ride today and I've been very hesitant to take the kids riding their bikes on the road, but it's it's okay mm. because there's not much traffic around. So it's, you know, like... <laughs> oh, my gosh, best time yeah. ever. Yeah. Back out on the streets, yeah. children have taken over. Yeah, exactly. That. And that's it. You go oh, out on the weekends and all of these families are out scooter riding and bike riding and walking together, which yeah. never would have happened this time last year oh. because it's, it's, if it's the only thing you can do, then you do it. And people go, oh, it's actually quite nice. Oh, it's, isn't it? I mean, that, that's the thing that really staggered me when this first rolled out is that families with kids and dads running around with, you know, their little boys, yeah, yeah. like literally chasing each other in the sand. I, I literally, it was like I had sighted a rare or endangered species that had not been seen, like Bigfoot. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. That's, that's how much it staggered me to witness. Yeah. Um, yeah, and how far we fell, but how quickly we recovered, just the way nature is. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, that, I, yeah. I, it'd be nice to see more of that continue as well, all these little family outings. And the and mm. so when you go out in the streets on the weekends, everyone's out doing that sort of stuff instead of driving places and, and doing things. You know, it's, it's actually mm. really nice. I love it. I agree. I really do. Mm. Now tell me, um, if you had a regret in life, Something you could change, mm. something you would like to change before um, your deathbed. Yeah, what? I mean, I do try not to carry regrets, but I think my biggest regret has mm. been the the way that I've treated my body um, throughout the years. Mm. Um, you know, it's mm. such disdain and disrespect, and you know, I, I wish I could take a lot of that back. Um, you know, I, I, and I've got two amazing bionic hips, and I'm very lucky for that. But I, you know, I, I, I would like, to, I would, I would like to have my own. You know, I wish, but I, mm. and I, I contributed to their demise, um, and so mm. I have to take responsibility for that. And so, yeah, there's a lot of things that have gone wrong with me physically that are purely because of the way I was punishing my body. And um, I wish I could take all of that back, or you know, do it better. Um, yeah, but as yeah. we're talking about, there's so many things that are connected to all of that as well. So I can't, I can't, can't regret it all. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. I agree. It's like you can't extricate as, as an element of a painting. No. Right? Like, oh, yeah. Mm, um, mm. Or, 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 or a thread of a spider web. It's like, oh, that little, it breaks. It's um, yeah. If you unravel that thing, then everything else falls apart. Yeah, that, that's connected perfection. to it. Um, mm. so yeah, I mean, that's probably been my greatest regret. Um, but other than that, I, I do, yeah, I try not to carry regrets. I think, you know, it, it is really important to forgive yourself. 
um, mm. for things that you do wrong because we, we all make mistakes and we're all going to continue to make mistakes every bloody day. Um, but I think you also, you, you, sh- you shouldn't let yourself off the hook. You know, you can forgive yourself, but you also have to learn and move on and <laughs> do mm. better and be better from your mistakes. You know? Mm, I love that. Um, so you've got to have, you, you have to hold yourself accountable as well. You can't just say, oh, well, you, you're fucked up and never mind. You, as long as you, you've got to take something from it too. Mm, agreed completely. Mm. And these bionic hips of yours, are they um, the first one, obviously, the, 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 the second one is what, eight weeks? Eight weeks so old, yeah. how, how, are they truly bionic? Because I might need one. Oh, they are incredible. The most amazing, wonderful things, you know, just the first one in particular gave my life back, you know, it just, um, mm. they are absolutely amazing. Couldn't speak highly enough about the bionic hips. <laughs> mm. And um, <clears throat> the pain, that chronic pain you talked mm, about. Mm. So living with that, I mean, for me, I sort of look at pain these days or not. No, I've always looked at pain as a meditation, mm. which has, you know, worked for me and seriously against me. Um, how how did you cope and yeah, I, I'd say no. It was a, it was a decline. Um, uh, that twenty-four hour pain, like there is no escape from it. You know, mm-hmm. even in, in your, and you don't sleep well because you're in pain, and so you're you're becoming more and more tired, and it's just so draining physically and emotionally. And yeah, if I'm honest, I probably, I think if I if I hadn't known that I had an out from it, like you know, I would have the surgery and it would be better. Mm. I probably would have been suicidal with that because it is so so oppressive and so exhausting um oppressive (laughs) just and to to then you know even the day I had my surgery just waking up in recovery and that pain Mm. was gone and I just felt like lighter wow 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 and um and this hip you can do everything with it pretty much yeah I mean you know you don't want to be stupid with it Um, but I can do everything Mm. that I want to do to to feel comfortable and fulfilled. You know, I wouldn't go out running marathons, but I can. But you could squat below parallel. Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, at the moment, my, my new one's, um, my new one's still, you know, I have to be a little bit gentle with it still. But, um, yeah, yeah, you can squat below par- parallel. But at the same time, like, I don't need to be doing that in the gym anymore to prove a point. So, you know, I, I, yeah. I just treat them kindly, which I should have done with my body 20 years ago. Um, mm. and you know, it's, it's a bit of, it's a, everything in moderation. I can do all the things I need to do in moderation, all the things I want to do in moderation. I don't need to go stupid with it. Um, mm. so yeah, mm. It, mm. it's all about the balance. Yes, it mm. is. Now, what if we uh, have a little chat about, um, one of most women's favorite things is food. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would love to have a bit of a, like, can we do a little trajectory of your life and how food has changed, what you've eaten, and um, and and then what perhaps your food looks like today? Uh, yep. So, I mean, yeah, as I mentioned sort of briefly before, I, I did, you know, when I was younger, I did all that, like, um... you hear me? Yeah. Yes. All that um, super low fat, um, you know, like, so I was eating, you know, be eating muesli and fruit and... Um, for breakfast and you know a salad and tuna for lunch and you know probably some vegetables and something for dinner and, and you know like probably carbohydrate kind of snacks you know like um, crackers or popcorn or that sort of stuff because we, we were told to absolutely fear fat 
Um, <laughs> and then, um, you know, sort of slowly, that doesn't do a lot, I think, as a woman in particular, doesn't do a lot to nourish your body. Um, you know, so no. you end up with hair that doesn't grow and brittle nails and, you know, that sort of thing. And and once I started to incorporate, you know, I sort of started to play around a little bit more with um, paleo and keto style of eating, you know, incorporate more fats into my diet. Mm. There's this energy shift and um, mm. vitality and, you know, my hair is strong <laughs> and my skin is clear and my, you know, everything changes by giving your body some mm. actual nourishment. So, yeah, mm-hmm. now I'm uh, – um, probably yeah I wouldn't call it any anything in particular like it's not necessarily keto or paleo but I I tend to have um I I eat loads and loads of um vegetables I eat a lot of um I eat meat um a lot of fats um so yeah kind of I'll be on the lower carbohydrate side but I feel like I get really good nutrition I mean in saying that you know fruit and vegetables are carbs so you know you Mm -hmm. get your carbohydrate intake from that but um yeah, protein and fat heavy as well. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. What kind of proteins? Oh, meat, eggs. Um, I, I'm a creature of habit with my lunch. Like, say, I'll do a bit of fasting sometimes. So, you know, by the time it gets to 11 or 12 o'clock, I'm like, yeah, I've got a really decent hunger. And I love having an omelette with, um, like, some lovely creamy feta in it. And um, love a good steak. I love lots of fish. Um, but I do a few vegetarian meals throughout the week as well, cause, you know, just to sort of mm-hmm. – I think it's good to give your body a little bit of break from all of that meat digestion as well. Yes, yes, agreed. And and so you said a little bit of intermittent fasting. Does that mean you fast in the mornings, or what? What do you have first thing in the morning? Yeah, I tend to have a um a coffee first thing, and um what what and 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 then, now people take their coffees very seriously, and I'm fascinated to know what's your favourite coffee. Um, what do you have? What's the thing? So if I'm going like for a cafe coffee, I'll have a um strong almond latte. But at home in the morning, you know, if I'm fasting, I'll just have a black coffee, um, mm-hmm. which initially I hated, but I actually really enjoy now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I'll have a coffee, a black coffee first thing. And then um, it, it's nice when you do the intermittent fasting to actually just connect with your real hunger instead of eating because it's breakfast time. Oh my God. You know, and then go, actually, when am I genuinely hungry? And then, God, fruit tastes good when you're genuinely hungry. <laughs> Look, I used to, I used to, hunger was almost for me as if uh, the breath was being taken from my body. Like I would white knuckle, I would think I was literally going to die yes. and I would that have hanger. to eat. Now that was a mental thing, right? But today I love, like I actually cherish that feeling of hunger. Yeah. Not as a fear or a, as I'm going to die mm. imminently. It's, it's actually an amazing thing to experience. I agree. And when you're nourished as well, not just hungry. Yeah, yeah. But all the rest is in balance, and that's what you're describing. I love yeah, and, that. Yeah, and it is. It's a nice feeling of like going. Actually, I'm I'm really going to genuinely enjoy this meal, and yeah, it's mm. it's good. Mm. So you were never, or you did binge. You used to yeah. binge a bit. Yeah, I did. Yeah, and purge. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but not really an over. Obviously, not really ever an overeater. Ah, uh, no, later in no, life. not really later no. in life. No, I've always sort of been, you know, probably you know because I've had that that hangover. Um, so mm. I've always been quite conscious of my food intake. Um, mm. but yeah, it's kind of nice to also go, you know, I'm, I'm not counting calories or going, okay, I've, I've had this, so I can't have that. It's going, okay, I'm full. So I, I've had enough or, you know, I'm not full. So I'm going to eat another plate full of food. You know, it's, it's yeah. sort of honoring your hunger instead of saying, <laughs> oh, I have to stop now. 
Yeah, intuitive and, you know, not, not down to the hour of the day. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and so what are your evening meals? I think you said something about steaks and fish and things like yeah, that. But yeah. just to So um last night we had a beautiful eye fillet because it was our date night at home. So we had a beautiful eye fillet, my husband and I. And um yeah, um lots of uh greens. Um so tonight we had a massive slaw, pulled pork. Um <laughs> hang on, how do you have a date night in lockdown with three children <laughs> in the house? Well like I just we need to know. Well, we put them at one end of the house. Oh. <laughs> Lock the doors. Um, about the miracle of day. Oh yeah, night so in yeah, we, we do. We feed the we do two dinner settings. So feed the small children, feed, feed the <laughs> small humans first. Get the baby to bed. Put the kids, the the two big kids, up the other end of the house with a movie, so we can have one end of the house with you know, like feeling like we're having a bit of a date with some nice wine and steak, and mm. yeah, it's nice um, to do something oh my like that. Gosh, I think yeah. Next thing you know, people will be coming to your door, like, can we please move into your house during <laughs> lockdown? It sounds so yeah. happy and organised, and oh, you just got a little bubble of positivity going there. I think in Melbourne, you probably um elevating the vibe in the suburb <laughs> well I think yeah we, we, my when my friendship group we've all been doing the same sort of thing like having like maybe a Saturday night food delivery because then it's kind of exciting like you know yeah you, <laughs> you don't have to cook you get a meal to, a beautiful meal turns up you're supporting the local economy so there's, there's a lot of bonuses to it <gasps> that's amazing and so you know that um like you've got a little local like how, how are people managing that so Food delivery is still food, good. Yes, you can still get food deliveries. There's um, some limitations on, you know, um, the the area that they can deliver to. But, um, you know, there, you can still get takeaway food and food deliveries. So that's been really nice to have a night off sometimes and, um, yeah, just have this beautiful meal turn up and sometimes get a little bit dressed up for it at home. And then, <laughs> oh, my gosh, I love it. Yeah. And and is are you sharing all of this on your um, social media? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I that's a, sort of a, a warts and all. Um, I tend to share everything on there. But, um, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. I love the warts and the all. <laughs> um, and where, where um, actually, I, I just, before, well, in terms of where people could find you, we might as well um, just touch on mm. that. Like if they would like to find your book uh, yeah. and follow, follow your mad, mad, incredibly positive, um, <laughs> high, vibe, high vibing life. Madness is right. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so I'm on Instagram and Facebook as um, Clean Eats from a Filthy Mouth. And then my um my website is yeah the same uh, same name, Clean Eats from a Filthy Mouth dot com, and that's where my mm. book is and um where I post recipes and stuff and yeah. And do you help people with um, diet, nutrition? No, I, I'm not qualified just, to do that. You would not have a moment uh, where you wouldn't have a second short. I mean, you know, like I- I- anything that I, you know, my, my whole sort of eating philosophy and, and um, the way I cook is just purely, you know, through things I've learned about experiment, experimenting on myself and, and what feels mm-hmm. good for me. I'm not, I've got no nutritional qualifications. You know, it's just, um, I'm mm-hmm. just a girl that likes mm-hmm. to eat. That's my qualification. Yes. Uh, look, your qualification is everything you've just told us. Like, holy moly, that is, I don't know what that is. That's way beyond some PhD. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, if anything, and I, I think we've we've spoken about so many things and so many you could go just so much uh, more detail area, but what, if anything, is there some advice that you would like to offer or anything else that we haven't touched on you'd really like to share? Um, um 
Yeah, I don't know. I think it's probably just that um, finding your purpose, finding something that drives you um, and, and something that I think can just be for you, like outside of the, the roles that, you know, women have so many different roles in life. So, you know, just to find something that you are passionate about and you can be, you can have ownership of. Um, I think that's really important. So to feel like you're fulfilling something just for you. And did that, did your book, your recipe book make you feel like that? Or do you feel that that was a passion? Oh yeah, that was a purpose. Yeah. Yeah. That was a massive, terrifying, terrifying project because, you know, if I'd known how hard it was going to be and what was involved, I never would have done it because I would have gone, Oh no, too hard. Yuck. <laughs> Um, but because I just, I was, I was dumb and I went in blind and I found out along the way, oh, now I need to do that. Now I need to, oh shit, I've got to do that now. So, you know, I just stumbled my way through it. And, um, so it was a massive learning curve and to, to finally get that book in my hands was, yes, so much pride and satisfaction. And I thought, even if the only people who buy this are my friends and family, because they have to, I don't care because I was just delighted with the, the mm. final product, you know, that I'd done it and, and that I'd, I'd mm. finally seen it through because I'd talked about it for too long mm. and to, to oh, see that thing through. Courage. I mean, that takes phenomenal courage. And as soon as you sit down to create something, you discover the things that never appeared mm. <laughs> to be part of the plan. Yeah, yeah. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> and so you've got to kind of juggle all those and go, oh, what, what if I could I pull out now? Could I pull out now? But you know, I, I'm also too proud. Once I once I put it out there that I was doing it, I was like, <laughs> I, well, I can't lose face by saying, oh, I, I stopped doing it because it was too hard. You know? Yeah, there's a lot of. I mean, you you really do um, live and walk the talk. You really do. And oh gosh, I, it's uh, it is truly it's it's uplifting to to share your journey with you and and those insights that you've given. Um, yeah, I think I think you know what the next book is, <laughs> especially, especially if you're going to be in lockdown. It's just like how to do life according to Katie. <laughs> Crikey. Honestly, it, it is. And I know you've got a sense of humour because when I looked you up on Instagram, I think I just had a quick look at your first video and you were reading Mary Had a Little Lamb. <laughs> yeah. And was it Mary Had a Pink Ma- Pussy? Yeah, Mary Had a Little Pussy, yeah. So that's... My um, I started doing the tipsy story time a few weeks ago just to entertain myself. And it's been a, a fun. So I do it every Saturday now. It's quite fun. Oh my gosh! So that's not on date night though, is it? No, no. I tend to pre-record them during the week. <laughs> but it's um, oh my God. yeah. And how does one select um an appropriate fairy tale? for the evening oh well I just find one that's inappropriate as possible <laughs> they're all terrible you know they're all sort of smutty full of double entendre that it's just yeah ridiculous oh, fun um it's really yeah <sighs> it's just something that I've been doing to entertain myself so I don't know how long it will go on for but um yeah it's it's been a fun little sideline oh I just thought it was so funny and and what a gem to come out of lockdown <laughs> truly tipsy story time that, that honestly this is something that's happening as well. The creativity that is coming out of humans is going off the Richter. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You see so much of it on social media, which is, you know, kind of our, our avenue to the world at the moment. Oh. Yes. It's, it's, um, I think it's equaled by the darkness that is also swirling, mm, mm, you know, that mm, creativity. Mm, mm. Or people mm. finding their light in it. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, that's a quotable quote. That's for sure. It's true, isn't it? It really is. 
Oh, and so for the rest of this lockdown, do you have uh, any vision for new projects? Uh, yeah, I've got a, a few little sort of um, second book projects sort of uh, that I've been toying around. Uh, well, there's, you know, I'd love to do another cookbook because I, I feel like now that I've done the first one and it was so bloody hard, <laughs> the second one would be an absolute joy because it would be so easy because I'd know what I was doing. You know, I, I've got my editor, I've got my food stylist, I've got my photographer, I've got the printers in China, I've got, I know, I know how to do everything. It would just be such a joy to do mm. it. So mm. um, I'd love to do another cookbook. Um, I would love to write a little book about um, just a, a, a fun book, well, f- as, as fun as it, as it could be, about um, the, the IVF and infertility journey. Um, you know, because mm. I know there's a lot of people out there who go through that. So just, uh, you know, something that they might connect with. And um, I'd love to write a kid's book. Oh, beautiful. Mm. Beautiful. Well, I think you might have some time up yesterday. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I, I imagine these things will happen. How, how long did it take you to write your other book? Um, I'd started pulling bits together on and off, but probably maybe there was like six, six <laughs> months of um, – <clears throat> you know, really mm. working, sitting down, working hard and, and using all those spare moments like when I would drop, um, yeah. this was before Phoebe was born, so I'd drop, once the yeah. child would be at school, I'd drop the other one off at kindy and instead of going home or going to the shops or whatever, I'd go across the road to the library and treat the library as my office and I'd sit there while he was at kindy and, um, you know, work on the book. So I just went everywhere with my laptop and sort of found all yep. these moments to, <clears throat> to work on it. So, yeah, it's probably maybe six months of that sort of, you know, and, and when you're writing, you can go over it and you can go over it and you can go over it and it's never done. And eventually you have to get to the point where you say, okay, that's enough. Enough. Yeah. I know. And then you look back and you can always change oh, it. Up. Yeah. I, I wrote my, my little biography back in the day, the early days of CrossFit, and I literally wrote it on my iPhone yeah. over the course of 12 months. I, I could have been standing in a post, post office line waiting to get served and I'd be writing my little book. So I, I love that you said, <clears throat> excuse me, using spare moments. Yeah, That's yeah. gold. Well, that, I mean, you know, I, I'm the same. Like I've got these endless <clears throat> notes on my phone of, you know, posts that I'm going to do or, or all these different things. And, you know, I write mm. all my posts and the notes on my phone and you, you, you think of a snippet during the day and you add that in. And I'd be, I, I can't imagine losing all of that. It would be so, I'd be devastated, mm. you know. Mm. Mm. It's in the cloud, yeah. surely. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been able to access. I don't know where that cloud no, is. I, I, yeah, it terrifies me to like, I don't even know what the cloud is, but I think all my stuff is there. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I think we should just do a podcast about what is the cloud. Somebody tell us. So I did want to know are you, if you were a fairy tale character, mm. who, would that, who would that alter ego fairy tale character be? <laughs> well, definitely like all the... All the traditional fairy tale characters—they're all a bit piss weak, you know. They're all waiting around to be. Oh rescued. yeah, you be your own. Screw you know, them. probably screw them. Um, <laughs> of, of the modern ones, um, I think my favourite has been Moana because she just goes out and she saves her village and she saves her people and she, you know, she fights the baddies and she's her own hero. And I love, I love that movie. I love her, you know. So I, I would love to be her. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I'm gonna go and watch it. I've never oh, seen no. it. Oh my god! No. It's divine. Oh, it's a perfect movie for yes. me. Yes, no, it's so good. I she's, love it. She's the Every hero. Woman. Yeah, yeah. That's oh. the sort of thing I want my kids to watch. Like, yeah, I, I want my little girls to watch that, and and not this bloody, you know, <clears throat> Cinderella kind of stuff. Although, yeah, drivel, victim yeah, drivel. Don't be waiting around for some. Wait to be saved. Yeah. You're not going to be saved. Save yourself. <laughs> 
be your own hero. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Okay, Moana it is. That's just a joy. Well, honestly, I'm just, again, Katie, it's, I just appreciate you and all you've shared and all you've been through and your light and it's so clear and so strong and um, I'm very excited to share this uh, conversation on the podcast. Truly, oh, I am. Thank you. I've, um, oh. I've really loved chatting. I could chat for hours. You're a wonderful person to, to speak with and I think you've got so much heart and wisdom. Um. Yeah, it's been lovely. Well, hopefully, you know, what we are doing is, uh, you know, we're spreading like spells of positivity in the words that we share mm. in these whispers. And um, you've certainly done that. You've just like sprinkled positivity all over the planet. I'm just excited for your next book and um, and what, what you achieve next. And, uh, yeah. Oh, that's very kind of you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> my absolute pleasure well um so i i can't wait for tipsy story time <laughs> next next weekend yes yeah i'll have to, I'll have to choose oh, the next story you're a joy thank you again i, I just yeah appreciate you so my much pleasure. good night katie enjoy melbourne good night. <laughs> <laughs> see ya feel called to unravel the history of your personal story, identify repeating patterns of unconscious programming and reclaim the power of personal sovereignty and self-determination, then the story process will lead you to personal compassion and empowerment. I recommend this creative healing journey for anyone ready to honour themselves and discard all that no longer serves nor supports mental, emotional physical, spiritual and sexual health. A deep and nourishing, sacred and private weekend retreat held in teepees across Australia led by Amanda Allen. Please see the link in the podcast show notes or go to my website to embark on this extraordinary process of clearing, honouring and co-creating together. Mm -hmm.